0: Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is John Shearman, VP of Marketing at Applied DNA Sciences. John, it's great to have you on the show.
1: Nice to be here, Jeremy. So
0: tell us about the company.
1: Yeah, so Applied DNA Sciences, we're located in Stony Brook, Long Island, the lovely Stony Brook. It's beautiful here. There's about 70 people in the company. We're a publicly traded company on NASDAQ. And there's actually three different pieces of the business. One of them is vaccines and diagnostics. The other one is COVID testing. So we we pivoted our vaccines and diagnostics business last year, unfortunately, when the COVID hit. And we came out with a bunch of different series of tests that we we did and worked with schools and businesses here locally on Long Island. And then the third part of uh, the business is what we call certainty. And that's using molecular technology to create unique identifiers that can be applied to raw materials, applied to different products, and then also the packaging and labels. And then you track that all the way through the supply chain to make sure there's no adulteration happening to those products or raw materials, any kind of counterfeiting, any kind of diversion. So it protects the, the brand, it protects the claim that that brand is making by using the molecular tag. So those three businesses, using molecular technology is the core technology for all three of them and it's based off of PCR and we all know more about PCR than we ever thought we'd know about with the uh, the unfortunately with the pandemic and the COVID. So that so that's the high level of the company of where we're you know, the three different businesses.
0: Okay. Very interesting. So I know 'cause we we spoke before a week or so ago. And you told you were telling me about the different audiences that you're trying to reach and, and the groups within those audiences, which is really interesting. So let's let's go back to that. Tell tell us about your audiences and you know who these people are that you're trying to connect with.
1: Right. So as I just described, Jeremy, those three three different businesses are very different businesses. And you have different folks within each of those. And let's just look at the certainty part of that business. That's the tagging part there's different verticals we're in. So it's even starting above the audience, it's, it's talking about each of the verticals. So we're in textiles and apparel, pharmaceuticals, nutraceuticals, cannabis. We do a little bit of security work also in, in that. So right there, you have those four to five different verticals that we have to address. And then within the verticals, we have different buying committees and different personas do you then need to be able to present your content, present your stories to. So it makes it a challenge to take, you know, the limited resources we have, the limited budgets, and then tailoring that to come up with our demand creation programs Mm -hmm of which we, we do for each of those different verticals within the certainty area. And by, when we build out the actual demand creation programs, we have a thought leadership component, a lead generation, and a sales and sales enablement component, just like all the other marketers are building out. But by doing that, you can just see the amount of content we need to create. We have to understand each of the personas within each of those verticals. There's buying committees involved. There's partnerships that we have in place. There's regulatory issues with each of those verticals that you need to deal with. So it really presents an interesting challenge, but at the same time, it's a great opportunity. And that leads then to making sure you have proper tools in place to be able to address some of these things and be able to track those different audiences and Google Analytics and all the marketing platforms that are out there and sales automation platforms. Uh, you need to use the technology. You need to use your content creation systems to be able to put the content out there in all the pr- applicable areas. So it, it, it's it's a challenge, but it's also a great opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a, a bunch of different verticals. Let's focus mm-hmm. on cannabis because I know that's yeah. your area of specialty. And it it's is. just super interesting, right? It's a relatively new business. It is. And I know in New York, I believe medical cannabis has been legal for a while, but recreational cannabis is kind of brand new. As, it is has a That's legal industry at least, right?
1: It is. It is. It, it got the thumbs up to go forward with it, but that'll probably be coming up in the next year and a half
0: or so. Right. And and of course, New York is a massive market for everything, including cannabis. Yes. And So this is we're talking about a industry that is just exploding. And I would think that that presents its own unique set of challenges from a marketing perspective to engage the people you're trying to engage. So let's zero in there a little bit. In the cannabis industry, who specifically are you trying to talk to?
1: Well, right now, since it is an emerging industry, and, and I say that it's been around for a long, long time as we all know, but in the current state, it's relatively new. And the different folks we need to engage with—you, you, you have to deal with the the politicians that are generating all the different regulations and understand that. So that's one group, and then. Our technology can be used by the cultivators, the farmers that are growing the cannabis and hemp. Then the processors that sit in the middle that will make oils and, and isolates that will go into tinctures and all the products people are being buying on the CBD side of things. And then eventually that can go to another party that might make downstream products, okay, manufacturers, contract manufacturers, and ultimately the, the dispensary where you'll be purchasing uh, the goods from. So those are four different groups right there that we need to to engage with. And just like I was mentioning before, we created a plan to be able to address all the personas within those four different areas. And it makes it really, I like it because it's a clean slate at the same time. So when you're talking about textiles, you're dealing with a very mature marketplace, set processes, right. set costs, and, and pricing. You're coming into the cannabis industry. It's, it's brand new. Things are being innovative. Pricing's being set right now, and it's changing dramatically, ups and downs. Different products are constantly coming into the marketplace. But yeah, we have to remember, it's federally illegal still. Right. So it puts a lot of restrictions on what you can do from a marketing perspective especially if you're a person handling the actual flower or like they call, you know, the flower of the plant. If you're touching that plant, there's a lot of regulations on you and how you can go out there and actually promote your products. So it it makes it a challenge. And then each state, so you have the federal, it's illegal. And then within each state, there's different regulations. So if you're trying to sell what they call multi-state operators that have a presence in multiple states, you might have in, let's say you're in five states. There might be five separate different regulations. Now you have to have different systems, different processes, different <laughs> SOPs placed. in So it puts a big burden on a new company getting into a very new environment. And then you can't get the traditional loans you can because the banking systems aren't in place yet to be able to support the industry. So it's a very, very challenging because you have it. It's, an illegal, it's illegal and legal at the same time. It, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's it, it makes it for a, a huge challenge, especially for the plant touching of folks in the industry.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any other industry right now that is both legal and illegal at the same time. I can't think of one. No, no.
1: And, and the regulations that are put repl- are are up there just with the pharmaceutical side. I mean, so there mm-hmm. is a ton of regulations that you need to put, especially if you're an extractor. Uh, or a cultivator. You need to really be stringent on what products. And then you have to go out to third-party testing facilities to get your products tested and all the raw materials and sent back. So it's a it's a lot to take on. That's why you see people saying, wow, there's all this capital going into it. It's It's extremely capital intensive right now to build out these facilities, to be able to to abide by all the uh, regulations and the equipment that you need to be able to produce these type of products
0: yeah so i imagine if, if you're a vp of marketing in the cannabis industry you're navigating a very thorny path of all kinds of challenges so what what specifically when it comes to the cannabis industry which strategies do you find in in among those that you've already described more generally which strategies are you finding that are working best to get you to have the kind of substantive conversations you want with the personas that you're targeting.
1: Yeah, so it's we're we're a B2B play. So trade shows right now are very big. You know, they were very big before. Yeah. Yeah. But being in person and showing and touching and feeling, and especially our technology, it's very headsy, the molecular technology. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. So yeah. how, do you, how do you sell someone that you can't really see and taste? So uh, you need to be able to be in front of people and, and engage. And we found that going to physical trade shows was a really good way to to do that, to meet all the people, get involved with the trade association. So there's the National Cannabis Industry Association. So we're 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 heavily involved with them. And then there's local other groups around in New York State that I belong to that are networking groups. So I found that to be very, very helpful to be able to network with my my peers within the industry. And then that starts branching you into all these other contacts that you would make. And then also from the regulatory standpoint and working with the different regulatory and compliance bodies, in, in specifically in New York, you know we had to hire a lobbyist firm. To be able to help us navigate that as well so there's a lot of pieces and that are moving around and it and you and then of course you have your whole digital programs and all the other ones and i deal with the the trade publications for the cannabis industry and it's quite jeremy you remember i mean a lot of the trade publications other industries they're like you know very thin there's about four ads in these things these <laughs> magazines of cannabis right now since it's brand new are pretty thick and healthy because people are in the learning and knowledge mode right now yeah so we're, we're, we're using those to get the awareness out about our company, about our solution. And then at the same time, you want to that physical contact and engagement. And there's a lot of shows around the, around the United States and then international as well. And we participated in, in quite a few of those before the pandemic.
0: Okay. So during the pandemic, of course, those shows all went virtual. And now that we're coming out... I guess it sort of remains to be seen exactly what's going to happen, but it seems likely that some of them will come back in person, some will remain yes. virtual, and some will be some kind of hybrid form, right? Yes. So what's your thoughts going forward? What's a strategy going forward to navigate, to navigate that when you can no longer count on maybe as many of those in-person opportunities?
1: Uh, personally, the, the virtual ones, th- depends on how they're set up. And if you're, if you're a sponsor or a speaking engagement, I think you get more out of them as opposed to if you're just going to be a, an exhibitor there and hopefully people are going to come by and, and engage with you. So I think that you, you got to measure that out for, for you to see how it works for your company. Um, hopefully, the, the, the actual physical trade shows will come back online. We have one coming up in November in the Javits Center, which is a cannabis show in New York City. And that that's actually the show that was supposed to happen in in May of 2020. So that got pushed to October that year and then got pushed to May and then May got pushed to November. So hopefully, you know, the, you know, we know there's the, the rise of stuff going on in the in the uh, across the states right now with COVID. So hopefully that will stay in place. So I think part of our strategy, I like to physically get out there again and be able to engage with, with those. But again, using doing webinars have been very good through those networking groups I spoke with before. So I've been involved with, with a few of those. And then also our... Our media outreach through our public relation efforts has been very good in reaching to the trade publications and the NCIA and the different uh, groups that are out there to be able to be able to participate and uh, tell our story on how we might be able to provide a solution to, to the industry.
0: Okay, very good. So, John, final thoughts. Based on your experience, what's something that your colleagues in marketing can do to improve their engagement with their prospects?
1: I, you know, I, I always come back to you, you need to know your customer and I'm, I'm always, you know, you got to look at the data points, constantly go out there, do your research, engage, focus, focus groups, making sure because it keeps changing. Hmm. And I think that's one big thing is your audience are going to change. Their buying habits are going to change. You need to stay on top of what those are. And then from there, then you can generate your demand creation programs like I spoke about before on the, you know, having a thought leadership lead generation and a sales enablement materials. But it's constantly shifting. And we just I think we all learned that big time going through the COVID right now and that a lot of the a lot of people had to go over to digital, how to make sure they had Mm -hmm. the infrastructure to do webinars and and Zoom calls and all that thing. So I think it, it gave it gave everyone a wake up call that you've got to be flexible and things are going to change and the environment that we are in this company, you know, my, my current company here with those three different business units that I described earlier, those are very different and they're and they're emerging a lot of those for us. So well, there's going to be a constant change and I think you've got to be able to meet that change head on and and, and address it and be able to pivot as as the opportunities come along.
0: Great advice. I love it. Well, John, thank you so much for a really great conversation.
1: Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate you allowing me to be on.
0: That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at TribKnowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B-Knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.